All right, I gotta know. Yes, I'm about to activate it. No, 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 not that. What the hell does Cree mean? Well, actually, it means a lot of things. Um, loosely translated, it means uh, attention, listen up, concentrate. You who? Yes, in a manner of speaking. Huh. Okay. Here goes. Hello, my Stargate darlings. It's Andrew here, back on the Cree Yuhu podcast. Wow, this episode was great. I was not expecting the massive amount of points, the massive amount of coolness, the massive amount of guest stars and crazy stuff. Um, it's uh, written by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully, the uh, so-called Fun Boys. <laughs> And the fun really does return in this episode. This is back to fun Stargate with high action drama, high tension, and high ridiculousness all at once. (laughs) I love it. Directed by Martin Wood, which of course means it's going to be full of action shots and moving. And even though the scene is just taking place in one room with a table, you better believe the camera is going to be moving around that table. (laughs) Good old Martin Wood. So the episode begins with previously on Stargate SG-1. Why do they only ever have Tilk say that? Is it because he's the only one whose voice has gravitas? Oh, you just heard me there. I'm just uh, watching the DVD. Just finished the second run through of the DVD with the director commentary, which was so good with those guys in it. They're, it's the dream team. Joseph Malozzi, Martin Wood, and James Titchener. It's a great chit-chat in the commentary. You need to listen to it. And the funny thing is, you know, last time I said Peter West was not a very interesting audio commentary, and the reason for that is that he sticks to purely technical directing matters. But these guys stick to purely technical... <laughs> writing and directing matters, but somehow they're just more fun. They're just fun people. Their personality comes out. And so, gosh, I was happy for this episode. Previously in Stargate SG-1, we've got Martouf getting shot with that uh, whole Zatar, Xanax, Anise storyline. So we've got five points for beloved recurring guest star Martouf. And, of course, ten points for the uh, sexual tension-slash-romantic interest with Samantha Carter. Remember, she had to shoot him. You know, he's taken over by the Zatarg. There's no getting him back. And she shoots him once with the Zat. And he's going to fulfill the evil mission. And she winces and cries on the inside and grits her teeth and shoots him again the second time to kill him. She knows it's what Martouf would have wanted. But at the same time, she knows she's killing the loving part of herself forever. <laughs> that was real. That was a real dark moment, you guys. Anyway, also in the previously, we get a little shot of Sarah slash Osiris. It's Dr. Gardner, old friend of Daniel Jackson. Five points for that beloved recurring guest star. And as you may recall, I really have the hots for her. <laughs> and we also have a flashback to Tyler from The Fifth Man. <gasps> oh my God. I forgot. 
that's five points right there because that actor is um one of our beloved recurring guest stars also <laughs> it's um Dion Johnston so that just uh that just actually pause right here i'm just going to quickly check the scoreboards cuz that actually puts it up quite a lot in the scoreboards okay i've i've done that thanks for watching uh thanks for you know your patience let's get uh, right into it there's so many pages of notes on this one. <laughs> We've got the sneaky Gould Zapakna, who did the whole, uh, what was it, fair game? No, he did the negotiations with the toll line. He's a very sneaky Gould. Um, he's talking to Osiris, and they're revealing in this conversation, of whom do you speak? Who's the big bad gold that we've been th uh, threatening to reveal? Who's a, you know, the ominous, shadowy, unnamed master, puppet master from behind the scenes? His name is Anubis. It's a one point push and swell there on that scene ending with a on, on her face. Anubis. You guys, it's time for Anubis. He's going to be dominating the rest of Season 5, all of Season 6. And not to spoil anything, but uh, shit gets real bad with him in Season 7. He almost he comes within like a hair's breadth of controlling the entire universe. <laughs> it's real dark when I remember some of the storylines. Like that episode where it's just uh, Samantha Carter battling one of the Cull Warriors of his. It's like the Invincible Terminator Warriors. <laughs> That's a real dark episode. And of course, the whole Lost City storyline. Hmm. Sorry, I'm not spoiling things too much for you guys. That'll all be gibberish to you if you haven't seen it yet. Those of you who are in the know, oh, isn't it exciting to, to get uh, into this next phase of Stargate, the middle phase. You know, the first phase was dealing with Apophis and so on. The middle phase is very much... Uh, <clears throat> Anubis, and there are, of course, some more replicator things going on a bit later. And um, then at the end, of course, there's a, a whole different... <laughs> you know, seasons 9 and 10, there's a whole different direction altogether. Anyway, back at... Uh, the episode begins proper, after the previously. Five points, because the first thing is Gary Jones, beloved recurring guest star, saying unauthorized off-world activation, and he's handling the gate tech stuff at the beginning. There's a serious situation developing. There's a big meeting, so this Tokra lady tells us, one human slave will be permitted. Uh, that's an exciting plan, isn't it? <laughs> we don't need Tilk, we need Daniel Jackson. Time for you to do that sneaky infiltration spy stuff you're so good at. <laughs> And he does do well. Not at all a dweeb anymore, is he? He's a very, very uh, natural kind of assassin in this episode. Um, just before we gate off-world in the embarkation room, we meet Lieutenant Elliot. He's back! He was in that episode Proving Ground just a little time ago, and he's been assigned to SG-17, so I guess this team is SG-17. And, uh, what is it, Major Mansfield? Mmm... <laughs> Major dead meat. <laughs> um, 
it's it's really nice they brought him back, and um, if you've read any of the trivia for this one or listened to the commentary, you'll know that Elliot is only here because they couldn't get Martouf back. <laughs> the actor was unavailable, so they had to rewrite the entire plot. So it was no longer about Martouf being alive with the Lantash symbiote, and the Lantash symbiote had to go to someone else. Let's bring back Elliot. It's his first mission off-world. Cute. Just before they head off, you know, they're talking at the bottom of the gate ramp, and behind them in the background is um, two technicians, which is, of course, Sergeant Silo and Major Wood, Martin Wood, the director, doing a director cameo. So there's five points and five points again, and in the commentary they were talking about, <laughs> what are those machines there that you're working on, Martin? And he says, oh, it's the technical term is the BLUs, which is... In layman's terms, the blinky lights unit. <laughs> it's just absolutely nothing. Just a blinky light on the background of a TV show. Um, we've got five points again for another beloved recurring guest star. This episode is just boom, 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 boom. All the guest stars are in this one. It gets so many points. It's Jacob slash Selmak, Jacob Carter. He's on Ravana to greet them. And, um... We get some more info. We're going in with the real spray. Daniel Jackson is going to pretend to be Jaren. And it's going to work, because none of the gold know his face. Nothing can go wrong. Nirti is the only one who knows his face. And uh, she won't be there. <laughs> um, but of course, Daniel Jackson, being the moral voice of the show, has um, some reservations about murder for any purpose. Um, and of course, there is that brief flash of him in his lab, in his study... Um, he has a photo of Sharae, Sharae, Sherry, um, and that's just a little twig for us to remember that Daniel Jackson cares about the host of this goal. He's not going to kill the system lord. He doesn't want to because he's all, he knows he's also taking an innocent life along with it. But uh, as the the Toker point out, at this point, the human bodies have been ravaged through millennia of the sarcophagus use, which, of course, destroyed Daniel Jackson in only a matter of, like, a week um, <clears throat> when he used it back in the episode Need. Um, so we're really doing them a favor by murdering them. Anyway, O'Neill, lots of chasing Tok'ra around hallways... <laughs> <laughs> He's pestering Jacob. What's the plan? We're gonna wipe them all out, Jack. All of them. And there's a push and swell point there. Because the Toker are finally getting a bit bloodthirsty. Which is excellent. It's about time they did something more concrete. And that's what O'Neill's thinking too. Like, finally, you guys are getting off the sidelines. There's another push and swell point on Osiris. As uh, Zapagna is doing like a creepy monologue in her ear. Um, you know, he's sending her to the negotiating table. Daniel Jackson has this conversation with Jacob about his reservations. Um, and for some reason, I don't know what it was about the, the prep for this episode. Um, all, some of the actors were reading the word or speaking the word of, uh, symbiote. They would say symbiotes. <laughs> Jacob calls them symbiotes twice in this little conversation. And then a minute later, the Toker lady, I'm sorry I didn't learn her name, um, is uh, also says symbiotes. So it's like, is it, had they not 
standardized it yet or something? Was it still up to the actor interpretation and hadn't sort of become officially symbiote like it's in the canon yet? I don't know. Are you allowed to have people pronouncing the word differently or is it really important to have (laughs) consistency in your Stargate? I don't know. I just noticed that. There's this real kind of glossing over the Jafar problem. Um, The Tok'ra plan... Um, which Jacob tells Daniel is that we're going to look into this genetic dependency, but unfortunately for the Jaffa, they may just die if we wipe out the gold. If we actually succeed, we're going to condemn all of them to death as well. Um, But as he points out, there's this weird thing going on with the gold that they've uh, had zero population growth, and that seems so weird. Um, Doesn't it? Doesn't it just? Um, I got... 10 wildcard points for this next bit. Um, If not for this joke, then for any number of the others. For the fun moments. Just when uh, (laughs) O'Neill finds the Tokra lecture on engineering. (laughs) Oh, are you interested in Tokra engineering? Oh, interested doesn't quite describe how I truly feel. I love that. Um, and as I say, I just, I'm just i giving it all the wildcard points. I have full love and enthusiasm for this episode, so I'll give it there, but it uh, could be really for anything. Um, Daniel Jackson setting up the hand pricker poison thing, and you know what? He's going to go through with it. He's talked through the moral issues, and he's ready to go in and release the poison. So, you know what? I'm giving it 10 points for Daniel Jackson going dark side. He's going to commit the mass murder of the Gold, which will result in the unfortunate wrinkle of the mass murder of all the Jafar. <laughs> He's going to do it. Look, this episode is just racking up points. Now, um, the Tokra lady, uh, what have I got in my notes? Oh, yeah, also says symbiote. But in this conversation that she has with Sam Carter, isn't it weird that it just kind of pops out that she's been dissecting Martouf and his brain? <laughs> Sam takes that real well. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> um, we flash over across the galaxy. Daniel and Jacob have arrived at Lord Yu's Grand Palace. It's a cool establishing shot. Man, what a luscious thing happening there. And the infiltration works. I am your lo- loyal servant, Jaren. I will have my tea. <laughs> um, uh, the, on the Toker base, gosh, this episode just goes backwards and forwards, doesn't it? It's, it's a bit annoying when you're trying to talk about how the storylines go here, 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 here. Back on the Toker base, there's a one-point push and swell because... Uh, they're under attack and there is no escape. And then, um, here we go. Daniel Jackson is, has done the thing. He's infiltrated into Lord Yu's inner circle. And I just realized when they're on the cargo ship, it's five points here because the episode features body switching, kind of. Daniel Jackson is like impersonating another body. (laughs) Yikes. Um, 
and, and then, then they have this cool sort of walking around the room, this circular shot. It's an introduction of all these other sort of minor system lords, which will make more appearances. Well, a, a certain few of them anyway. You guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, no, you don't. Uh, I'll just tell you. It's, uh, it, I mean, they're all cool, but especially Baal. I love Baal as in Bachi. So I'm giving it five points. You know why? Because we're adding Ball to the list of beloved recurring guest stars. He's great. He's, he's, the actor Cliff Simon just has this wonderful manner about him. He is undoubtedly evil and cruel, but he takes a real joy in it, doesn't he? Always with that little twinkle in his eye, like, Oh, I'm being evil right now, and <laughs> you know I'm getting off on it. Oh, yeah. Um, one of the gods <laughs> is Kali the Destroyer, which, of course, should be Shiva the Destroyer, but apparently Kali is a, a sort of... Uh, what does the website say? Foot maiden accompanying <laughs> god of Shiva, Kali... <clears throat> Excuse me. And of course, um, I'm giving it uh, five points right there because of the reference to Indiana Jones. You can't write the goddess Kali <laughs> into your sci-fi show without it being a ripoff of Indiana Jones. watching that clip and now he just like reaches into that guy's chest and rips out his heart still beating isn't it weird that movie is weird i actually watched it recently for the first time in oh a decade remembering almost nothing about it and i was so confused it's such a if i may say so just a real bad movie <laughs> oh my god i've lost all of you now um you know what? Just a real quick tangent here. Um, I have been kind of thinking about doing some bonus episodes completely unrelated to Stargate. And maybe I'll do Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Um, some other ones on the list would be Fast and the Furious 9, because that movie is insane. Um, you could definitely put Jaws 4 or even Jaws 3D on that list. Charlie's Angels, the 2000 movie. We watched that in our house recently and it is fucking batshit crazy. You know what else is batshit crazy? The movie Batman Forever. That's the one with Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones and Val Kilmer and Nicole Kidman. And of course the introduction of Robin. <clears throat> And another one on my list of maybes is Jackie Chan, Who Am I? <laughs> the movie is insanely fucking all over the place. And it's like weird filmmaking. How did I get onto this tangent? Anyway, Temple of Doom, Indiana Jones, Kali Ma. Kali is one of the gold goddesses that Daniel Jackson is sort of naming out loud in this litany of deities. I love Lord Yu. He's he's a very pompous kind of 
Overlord dude, isn't he? Do not make me look foolish by allowing yourself to be murdered. That's <laughs> real great. Um, so Baal kicks off the meeting and sort of makes the introduction to the issue for this United Nations of Gold. We're all here for the same thing, this threat of Anubis, which uh, they actually don't know the name of this un, un, sort of unknown threat yet. Um, meanwhile, <clears throat> here we go, switching back and forth again. Meanwhile, the Tok'ra base is being bombed and the roof is collapsing everywhere you look. <laughs> there are no doubt Stargate SG-1 TV show crew members in the background or in the ceiling throwing bits of, you know, styrofoam. <laughs> rocks and tumbling, crashing dust and everything. The roof is collapsing all over this place. But of course, Lieutenant Elliot, like in the episode Proving Ground, where he was introduced, continues to put himself at personal risk to save others. boy. Good for him. Now, um, I gave it two points now because two members of that SG-17 team are dead, so the two red shirts are dead, we didn't know who they were, they didn't have names, their only function in this episode is to die, to show us that SG-1 is in mortal danger, they are definitely red shirts. Sam is trying to save Major, what's his name, Madison, who's only injured, and she's arguing, I have to implant Lantash, but apparently Lantash is too weak or something, or Major Manson is too, Madison, Manson, he's too badly injured or something. But anyway, before they can um, resolve that issue, <laughs> the whole room that they're in, the lab, and the roof collapses and kills them all. Outside again, um, we have this great shot of Teal'c O'Neill and their Tok'ra friend, Alduin. I gather he's been in, like, a whole lot of other Tok'ra episodes previously, but I never knew his name or noticed him. But he has, you know, he was in this one because Martuf wasn't. Um... They're running. There's this shot of them running over some some grassy slash muddy terrain, up this little muddy embankment, and over the hill they see all these ships landing troops. They appear to be amassing a few troops, and it's like battalions and battalions of uh, Jafar. And that shot also gets cut into the opening credits of season six and beyond for the character introductions and stuff. Um, that I have ranted about at great length in the in the episode just yesterday. I'm doing these one day apart because I was just so excited about this. Daniel, he's on the space station. <clears throat> um, and by the way, uh, I forgot, I'm giving five points for an obvious reference is obvious. I've already given five for Kali obvious reference, so I'm filling it up now to ten reference points. Obvious reference, this space station is obviously sp uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Just Google that. Google that picture and tell me that uh, this wasn't on their mind when they designed it. Um... I don't actually know, but I kind of just vaguely know, knew what it looked like, and so I looked it up. But uh, as I sort of talked about before, being a New Zealander, it was not really uh, on TV, Star Trek, in any of the forms. It wasn't in the culture as much here, so I, I didn't grow up with it. So those, re those references where they exist in Stargate, I don't always catch them or care, because I'm just not indoctrinated into the Star Trek goodness. 
change my mind. <laughs> so Daniel, he's on the space station. He's about to hit the poison because all the gold have arrived. But oh no, oh no, it's Sarah, his old lover. And of course she recognizes him but doesn't give him away. And she says, I have much to offer. <laughs> you know, now she's like, she's such a sneaky girl. She's um, keeping that card in her pocket. Now, there's a little battle as the Jafar are infiltrating the base, and four Tok'ra are killed in a hallway gunfight. So that's four more points. That's four red shirts. They didn't have names. They're just there to, sh to die, <laughs> to show that there's danger. O'Neill and uh, Teal'c and the other dude, the Tok'ra dude, on the surface, they're under attack by gliders, and it's so good to see death gliders that are not from stock footage from the movie or from the pilot episode. <laughs> they spent some money. <laughs> <clears throat> and I got another point here for another dead red shirt because it's their their best friend, the Tok'ra dude. Alduin? I really don't know his name. Alduin? Alduin, yeah, sure. Um, and then I got one more point and another point, because two more people die. It's the Major who fi who doesn't make it, and Sam takes his, uh, his dog tags, and she goes over to the Lady Scientist Tok'ra and finds that she's dead too. Everybody's dying in this. And Elliot, of course, is still alive just, because he is now Lantash, i.e. Martuf who was alive in Lantash, is now alive in Lantash in Lieutenant Elliot. There's several layers there. <laughs> so, um, does that change how Sam talks to him? Is she, like, a little bit more kind now? I don't know. Teal'c and O'Neill come back into the base, and there's two more dead Tok'ra red shirts. Two more points. Under the rubble, they check them for a pulse or whatever, they're dead too. They're trying to get out, but they're trapped. And uh, what's the uh, the last little bit over here? Daniel Jackson is calling Jacob and saying, oh no, there's a big problem with the plan. And of course, Sarah has found him in his little corner and says, you're a long way from home. And um, so he's in a bit of trouble. SG-1 is in a bit of trouble, trapped in the cave. It's TBC. Oh my god, to be continued, it's a cliffhanger. Yay, it's a two-parter. Holy shit. Whew. So, totting up the points, uh, that adds up to an even 100 points for this episode, which puts it, yikes, uh, in second place for season five. But then it's actually in the top ten of all time. This episode has managed to slot into the number four of all time high-scoring episodes. Let's do a quick um, recap now, just because there's been an update. A quick recap of the scoreboard. Previously, number ten was Rules of Engagement from Season 3 with 67 points. That is now gone. The, uh, the Season 3 opener, Into the Fire, with 69 points, is now in 10th place. Tangent from Season 4, 87 points. Ergo from Season 3, 89 points. Maternal Instinct, Season 3, 90 points. Double Jeopardy, Season 4, 
95 points. Divide and Conquer and Watergate, both season 4, 98 points. This episode, Summit from season 5, 100 points. In the number 3 spot, it's still Wormhole Extreme from season 5 at 102 points, narrowly beating this one. Narrowly beating that one with 105 points, it's... Season 4's Window of Opportunity, the Groundhog Day episode, and Beneath the Surface, and then in, in the top spot of all time with 139 points remains the episode Small Victories from Season 4. Gosh, thanks for joining me, guys. I can't wait to see how SG-1 get out of these pickles in the next episode, um, which is uh, titled Last Stand. There's bound to be a lot of uh, Daniel Jackson... Uh, I could just can't do it. I can't kill her. He's going to have a big problem with his conscience. And of course she knows that he's a spy and she's going to try kill him. And just how are SG-1 going to get out of that cave? They're trapped. <laughs> there, there weren't a lot of options there. <laughs> They're really trapped underground. They can't get to the ring room. So that's it from me. Um... Find me on Twitter, at CreeYuhu, and as always, any questions or want to catch yourself up on how the points system works, go to the website, creeyuhu.wordpress.com. I look forward to hearing from you on the Twitters, and um, a big shout-out to Gatecast, who have been listening to me and uh, retweeting me, which is really nice of you. Thank you. Let's uh, let's do a crossover sometime. <laughs> um, okay, take care and see you next time. Bye bye.